Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Barbed Wire Bite. Here, as always, with your host, Pitbull number one, Mr. Gary Wolf. Hey, 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 Doc, what's happening? Pitbull in the house. Gotta ask you big news. Gotta ask right away. AEW last week, John Moxley, his entrance was longer than his match. What he, what Punk get in? I mean, he, he no-sold any, the few shots Punk gave him, he no-sold all of it, kissed him. Punk went for a kick, sold it like he broke his leg. Two paradigm ships, that was it. The entrances were longer in the match. Why do you think that happened that way? They, I guess they're still trying to tease the people, I guess. That's, that's the only thing I could think of, why they made it so short. Are they going to be competing against each other again? I mean, some people say they're going to compete again this weekend, but they haven't announced that. I mean, we're, we're a matter of days away from a pay-per-view, and they're still finalizing matches on a thing that's already got nine, sorry, nine matches on there. It's going to be another seven-hour job. Oh, man. So they're going to do another pay-per-view as long as the other one was. I don't know, but if you've already got nine matches and they said they're going to announce more on Dynamite, I mean, how many matches do you need? Well, the way I, I guess it's because everybody wants to get on TV. And he's try, I guess he's trying to make everybody happy. But you can't do that. I mean, it's impossible to make everybody happy. You know what I mean? Well, do you think Punk was maybe punished for that promo he cut on page that wasn't scripted or... Because clearly he didn't, because I always look for the X sign. And I don't, if I don't see the X, I know the guy's not hurt. So clearly that was a work, but I just can't fathom that he would do a job to unify a belt in like three minutes. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Unless they're finally starting to realize, wait a minute, let's not give this match away for free. Let's let these people pay for it on the pay-per-view. Now, if they're doing that, that's a smart thing. I mean, I've been saying that from the get-go. They should have been doing that. Save some of these main event matches for the you know the, the pay-per-view. I mean, it just makes sense to me. Who would you give the belt to to keep? Would you give it to Mox Punk, or would you have somebody else come in and get it? Uh, I mean, I love Mox. I think his gimmick's over. Punk, I mean, I, I go back to uh, the Cowboy. Adam Page, I think he should still have the belt. That's just me. I mean, he's a great worker. <coughs> I think he would have a good match with Moxley or Punk, whoever he goes against. So I, but I mean, you got to realize Moxley's over like crazy right now. Everybody's going nuts over him. I think Punk value is going down now. That's just me. Because uh, we're still doing the same thing that we've done before: him coming out, cutting promos. You know, which is fine, but every time there's a show, he has to come out and cut a promo. You know what I mean? But did you know him when he was in kind of starting out in Ring of Honor or CZW? I I ran. We've crossed paths a couple times, but he was in Combat Zone. I was in ECW, so I I would see him at the arena because he would be there, you know, because they combat zone actually performed there and they had their school in that area right next to mine. So yeah, I've seen him around and uh, he's not Mr. Innocent as ever. He wants everybody to think. Got to ask. Cause I mean, in WWE, he was, a, it, everybody said ring of honor. He was a pain in the ass. He said in WWE, he was a horrid pain in the ass. I mean, he quit a national televised company with a guaranteed contract. Cause he couldn't main event WrestleMania. That's a mark in itself. Now they're saying, oh, he's unhappy in AEW and he's pissy about this. And is he just a pain in the ass to work with, do you think? Or just a just got a chip on his shoulder, maybe? Well, he's always had that chip on his shoulder from when he was in Ring of Honor and he started getting that push, you know? 
But uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad worker at all. He's a good worker. It's just that I think he's better than he thinks he is. That's all. If, if he took away his mic skills, would you say he's a great worker in the ring or just average? Average. Because now they're even saying the, the pipe bomb promo that he did in WWE would put him on the map, whether he wants to admit it or not. Which, I mean, now the writers are coming out. Well, you know, it was all, it was approved. It was scripted. It's like, well, of course it was because they didn't go to a commercial right away. Oh, yeah, they'll cut, they'll cut him off in a heartbeat. Vince don't mess around when it comes to that stuff. You go out there, start cutting a promo, and he he don't like it. He'll be like, go to commercial now. You know, Bruce Pritchard, you know, Bruce is right there looking at the TV. I mean, that's his job. He always said that. He would always say, you know, some guys go out there and they follow instructions, and then there's others that you can't get the mic away from them, and they're going over time. For example, Bret Hart, he's one of them guys that if you give him a mic, and give him a time, he ain't going to follow the time, and he really don't care. <laughs> and that's and that's why, you know, there's sometimes, I mean, he even told me, I heard him say it, you know, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, you know, when they're on the mic, they are on dead perfect timing. They never mess up, and they can always, always trust them. So some guys you can trust, and some guys you can't. So who knows what's going on in AEW? I don't know if they do that. But they did have to do something because it is a time – they are on television. So they have to keep their times close. Now, we all know the Hardys fucked up. Well, Jeff fucked up. That's why they're not the, the champs. So they gave it to Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, two singles guys. They're all right, but they uh, the acclaim is over now, so over. And at the pay-per-view, Swerve and uh, Strickland said, hey, we're going to fight the acclaimed for the titles. Do you think this could finally be the acclaim? Do you think they might get the belts this time? Or do you think the gun club might fuck them over? That's a good angle if they did that. If they were getting ready to win it and here comes, you know, the guns, that would be a good angle. You just gave them their angle right there, bro. So it worked for there, Yeah. You're the booker right there. You just booked it. <laughs> I love the acclaimed. I mean, it, you know, the people can't see it. You can. There's my. Everybody loves the claim autograph up there. You know, they're uh, yeah. they're great. I, I would hope they would get the titles. I mean, if, think about it. Even Jim Cornette puts these guys over. They should give them the straps for a while just to see what happens. I mean, they have to – it might give them a little bit more ratings. You know, the acclaim is over, and they're talented guys. I can't – I have to say that. And I think with Daddy Ass being there with them, I think that makes it all the better. I think that's how they're going to get the strap because of – Billy Gunn being with them, you know what I mean. So I, I like that. I like that too. I liked how it's like his kids are getting the rub because they're not with him, and he's giving another tease. He's basically giving four kids a rub, you know, at once, which I, that's pretty hard to do. And it's also good, like you said, because then once they win the straps, the Gun Club comes in and do what they do. You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, I don't think they'll get they'll get the belts right away, but I mean, it sets up an angle anyway. You know, what'd you think of the trio's main event, the uh, Aussie Open against the Death Triangle? Pretty good. I mean, all the matches, I I, I liked all the matches. I thought they were all good, like except like I said, Moxie and Punk was so fast it was just. But all the other matches, I gotta admit, I was uh, I thought they were all top notch, just about. Yeah, I like the I like that Will Osprey kid. That guy is amazing. Will, uh, I've been waiting for him to pop up. He's been in New Japan for so long, and he is a good 
unbelievable worker. I mean, I believe me, I've seen matches with him and Kenny Omega, unbelievable matches. I mean, if they put that on television, oh my God, it's it's a chain, it's a game changer right there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and we, I think the finals will come down to, of course, the Bucks and Kenny against Will Osprey and his two gang. That could be the match of the century if if they give them enough time. Oh yeah, they gotta. I mean, if those guys are gonna work, I would do thirty to five. I mean, do thirty to forty five minute match, and they would. Everybody will be glued to their seats watching it. That should close the show. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, uh, the guy from England. He's unbelievable. His his work ethic is. I mean, there's another. There's so many other guys that are in still in New Japan that are from the same place he's from. I just forget his name. Skinny guy, but he's an unbelievable technical wrestler. Unbelievable. You know, speaking of that trios tournament, what'd you think of the Dark Order? Who I like. What'd you think of them going over the House of Black? Nobody saw that coming. No. I had no idea that was coming. That's a swerve that I like, actually. That's why I thought it was good. You know, they changed it up a little bit. You know, they're making some angles. They're doing some storylines, you know. I like the House of Black. I like uh, Julia Hart. I don't think adds anything other than she's hot. But uh, I I just like that, you know, Miro came down. You give Miro something to do. And I like the Dark Order. And my thing is, they've been there since day one. You know, the House of Black are all WWE guys. You know, why not give the... Start rewarding some of these guys that have been with the company since the before it opened. Yeah, that, I mean that's why I was happy to see him go over. I mean it was cool. You know, it's uh, keep keep them alive. Don't bury them. You know? I mean that's what happens in all these other companies. I mean you have a good gimmick, you have a good group of guys, and then next thing you know you're burying them. Uh, I mean I look at Vince sometimes. He's got some tag teams over there that are freaking amazing. I don't know why they don't have the belt. I, I don't get it. The Viking Raiders, I think they were called back in the day. Yeah. I mean, that tag team's, they can hold the straps with no problem. I don't think Vince likes tag teams. He hates tag teams. Because tag teams, his tag teams have always just consisted after the 80s kind of quieted down, two guys thrown together. Well, because he he don't like, listen, he don't like, (laughs) tag teams is what, four guys? So he's got to pay four guys instead of two guys. But I think tag team wrestling is way more uh, easier to watch. Like more, like people would like, I think people like watching tag matches. I mean, it's not an easy, it's not like working a singles match. Tag team matches are kind of hard because you got to work with three other people. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm working with my partner plus two other guys. That's not easy, you know, so yeah, like I said, he don't like he know I don't know why, but back in the day when I was in the eighty late eighties working for events, he had so many tag teams. He had the Rougeau brothers, the Heart Foundation, the Powers of Pain, the Twin Towers, the Skyscrapers. I can go on and on and on. Brutus Beefcake and Valentine, that's one that he put together. Dream team. But, yeah, the dream team. But look at all the teams. I mean, when I was up there. That's why I enjoyed being there. I loved being there with my partner. We went we went up there just to get experience. We didn't even use our name yet because we were still built. We're still trying to think what we're going to call ourselves. But when we went up there, we didn't tell them we were a tag team. They put us together like they wanted us a tag team. 
So they put us together in other match. All the matches that we did as a tag team, they put it together. We never said, oh, yeah, we're together. No, we just looked at the board, and it would have your name and who you're wrestling and a time, and that's it. So I don't know if it was <clears> – it might have been uh, Gorilla Monsoon who did it <clears throat> that put us together, you know, because once they, they put us together the first time that we ever worked for them, <clears throat> and that was against the Hart Foundation, and that's when Gorilla Monsoon was doing commentating with uh, Vince McMahon, and that's when they realized, uh, I think, you know, that's when, you know, he was like, I like those guys, you know, but we were young. And that's when he said, you know, okay. Because when I got back to New Jersey, and this was in Niagara Falls, when I got back to New Jersey, I remember, you know, Larry Sharp was like, how'd it go? And he already, I think he already knew how it went. Because as soon as I said it went great, and I'm so glad I went, I learned so much. And then that's when he said, hey, I can get, you want a job? You want to start working? And I'm like, of course. He's like, okay, you got three choices, Tennessee, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, or Portland, Oregon. Those are the three choices you have. And uh, I guess they were, at the time, that's how Vince got his guys set up. So when I uh, got to the, you know, the school and he was like, you know, how's it going? And I told him that, and he's like, okay, you got three choices. We I, we were actually very shocked because I had no idea that that was going to come about. So we decided to go to Charlotte, and I remember that weekend we left, like I think, I think we left on a Thursday because we had to start, like we had to get down here, get, a, get in, get set up, because next week we started work, Monday. And that was Monday to Saturday, six nights a week. Did you get to watch the uh, A&E documentary on Rey Mysterio yet? I actually watched it last night. I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where he's getting re- He's in WCW, but I wanted to ask uh, the WWE stuff, uh, or not the WWE stuff, I'm sorry, the ECW stuff. Was it, uh, what was, what were the, I know in WCW, I always heard the boys were kind of laughing until they saw what he could do. What did everybody think of him in ECW when they first saw him? Before he wrestled, I should say. Uh, okay, we were in New York. Okay, we, I think we were on Queens Boulevard, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I, I, we showed up, and I remember Pulse, you know, I was like, who are we working tonight? And he's like, oh, we're working these, Conan brought some guys in from Mexico. Which I said, oh, cool, you know, because when Conan came in, he came in by himself first. He did tag up with me and my partner and Six Man. I don't know what it is, but everybody that comes in usually tags up with me and Anthony and do stuff, you know, which is, uh, I, hey, I love it. I have no problem with it. But yeah, he was uh, the Hulk Hogan of Mexico at that point. And I guess he told Todd, uh, Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman, I got some talent I can bring over here. And it was the first time they ever came to the United States, those guys. And we were, like I said, in New York. And he's like, you're working uh, Mexican kids. And I'm like, well, where are they at? And he's like, they're over there. So I just, you know, glanced over. And I was like, holy shit, like, those kids and he's like yeah i said that kid looks like he's 12 years old or 13 years old he's like yeah they're luchadors i'm like okay so i guess they build them small in mexico he said yes he goes but don't worry they wear masks go out there do your thing i personally think he wanted us to crush them and just destroy them but we didn't go out there and do that because i didn't I, I, I didn't want to bury him, number one. Number two, he didn't say to bury him. He just said, go out there, have a good match. I was like, okay. Uh, 
I didn't realize till I got out there how actually great they were. I'm not saying good. I'm saying great as far as high spots, like unbelievable. Juventud Guerrero, uh, and it was Rey Mysterio, the two that came in. And, you know, Juve was really small, too, but long hair. Uh, we killed it. I mean, I thought we had a great match. I mean, when I left the, the, the ring and the people loved it, and I was happy. But I don't think Paul liked it. I think Paul said I gave, we gave him too much. But, you know, until everybody saw them work against each other, that's when the locker room was just like, oh, my God. Now we have we have to really step it up. Now look at these guys. So, uh, no, everybody opened arm, opened. They, were, they had their arms wide open and said, welcome. You know, we were happy to have them because they were that talented. When uh, Ray and, and and they showed the clip, I know it's not a documentary, and I always remembered it. Ray and Hoovy fought in the arena, and uh, Ray did the Frankensteiner off the car in the parking lot. Was that car? Whose car was that? Was that just some random ass fan? Yeah, because back then, anybody they parked anywhere they could find a spot, they didn't care. And sometimes we would leave the building. Not, I mean, I don't think we ever did. Maybe once or twice. Maybe. You did in New York, I remember. Oh, we did the, that was the, uh, we stopped traffic on Queens Boulevard. <laughs> you okay. ended up some, some utility uh, vans, I remember. Yes, we, uh, that's why they call it the massacre on 34th Street or something like that, they call it, instead of, you know, and that's because it was me, the Pitbulls versus the Bruce Brothers. I think Brian Lee was with them, and I think Tommy Dreamer was with us. Yeah, it's, about, it's on the network, actually. It's, oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Different music, of course, but uh, no, I always remember that match. I, I like that building up there in Queens. I loved it. And I, I, I loved it. It was good match. And like I said, but the building was so, I don't know, it was winter, so I don't know why it was hot, but it was hot. It was always hot. And I just remember saying to one of the Bruce brothers, like, let's go outside, man, screw this. And when we went out, I didn't even know it was snowing until I got out there. And Queens Boulevard was right there, and he just threw me right out into the street. And thank God the car stopped. They were going slow as it was because of snow, so I'm lucky we didn't get hit. <laughs> yeah, let me ask you, being we're talking about ECW, let me ask you a quick ECW question. Uh, infamous Travel Lodge, where yeah, the flea bag there that everybody stayed, the fans would follow you. I heard you guys got kicked out of there. That was one of the hotels we got kicked out of. <laughs> Uh, ECW, we're known of, we're known for getting kicked out of hotels, but I don't think it's our fault. It's our fans' fault. I'm blaming it on the fans because they're crazy. <laughs> I mean, we would go to the travel lodge, and I remember that place because we would go all the way to the top floor, and the, they would give us the whole entire floor on the top floor so we could do our promos, you know, whatever meetings we needed to have. I mean, Paul loved that. You know, he had his own floor in the building, you know, so he, it made us, it made him, you know, very happy. I remember staying there sometimes to four o'clock in the morning waiting to cut my promos. You know, like Paul, he knew me and my partner could cut a promo one take and we're out. But sometimes he'd be like, you know what, you guys are going to sit around and wait. And that's what he would make us do. And we hated that. We always wanted to get out of there as fast as we can so we can go out. You know, we were done work, we're cleaned up, we're dressed. We want to go out, have a couple of drinks and relax. You know what I mean? But sometimes we would stay at that building, even the arena sometimes, till four o'clock in the morning cutting promos. 
But as far as the, the travel lodge, it was great because you come down the elevator and open the elevator door. And I'm telling you, this place was so packed. You couldn't even coming out of the elevator was difficult. So the bar was packed. The lobby was packed and it was insanity. It was insanity. I've never seen so many girls and fans in one spot like that in my life. It was insane. What'd you guys do to get booted out? You name it. We all did it. Everybody did everything. It was crazy. I think actually I'll tell you a story about uh, New Jack's partner, Mustafa. One night I think he smoked pencil shavings. <laughs> That's how crazy he okay. was. <laughs> Which I don't understand what that was or what he did. But I even came home one time from being on the road and I left my car there. I came back, my car was gone. <laughs> so... That's how crazy that fucking travel lodge was. I'm actually glad we got out of there because we, it was too much for me. You know, it was convenient. A diner was right across the street. It was perfect. But it was getting out of hand. And they couldn't handle it. I mean, the, the people at the hotel were just like, in the beginning, they thought it was great. You know, they were making so much money because the place was packed. It was never been so packed. And then all of a sudden, they're like, that's it, man. But I don't know exactly the whole story why they got kicked out, but I'm sure it had to do with the boys doing stupid, crazy stuff. Was the hat guy not there to police everything? No, he wasn't. I, I don't know. He may have been there once on a blue moon. I'm, I, that's how crowded it was, bro. I can't even tell you if he was there. You know what I'm saying? Was, you know, we are all people like me, we always remembered hat guy, sign guy, sunglasses guy. You know, you... We remembered all those people, so I, I I wondered if the hat guy would come and party with you. No, I, I'm sure now he would. But look at how many we made. We made people and made talent and made fans become talent. I mean, their hat guy, sign guy, they're all fans that were on the ECW club that were getting their front row tickets and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's all it came down to. They, I don't care what day, what time, if the show's in Philly, they're going to be in the front row. And that's how it was. And those guys always were there for us. So because ECW, we wanted to bring our fans into the ring with us practically. You know what I'm saying? Like we want our fans to enjoy the, the show and be a part of it. So they leave and they're happy and you know, they, they go home and take a deep breath and say, man, I worked 40 hours this week and I just really stole that stress in the arena. If he can call me an asshole and go tell me to go F myself and that makes him feel better, I go for it, bro. You know, I don't care if I was a heel or face, it don't matter to me. I would just want him to have a good time. I always liked when Public Enemy, when they were heels in the beginning and the hat guy would boom, they'd take off his hat and start beating him with it. Then when they became faces, they put they take the hat off, put it on, and dance with the hat guy. So I do feel sometimes that the hat guy, uh, if he if you were over with the hat guy, you got over. Absolutely, they the fans would actually follow that. Like some fans that like, so you got to remember, there's smart marks and then there's marks. He was a smart mark. Like he understood the business, he understood what we were doing, and he loved being involved. So when that happened, I'm sure like the fans that weren't smart like he was that were just there would actually follow them. 
You know, like if they called me and Anthony shit bulls or steroids or roid boys or whatever they would call us over heels, the whole crowd would jump in on it. And I do believe Hat Guy is a manager now in, in some independent uh, company up there, up East Coast. Yeah, I actually was uh, going through Facebook yesterday or a couple of days ago, and uh, I actually saw that. Yeah, he, he works for, I think he may have his own freaking company, independent company. I'm not sure. But that goes to show you, I know he manages guys. So, I mean, he went from being a fan to now being in the business. All because of that hat. That hat and their uh, Hawaiian shirts they would always wear. Yeah. yeah, we always remembered him, you know. And, and sometimes you would see him in uh, Philly and WWE shows, too. So you could tell he was just a fan. I saw him in a WCW show. He was just a fan of wrestling. Yeah, and you couldn't miss them, guys. And the camera always found them and always went on them. I don't care who, where they were, if they were in WWE or F, what do you want to call it, or WCW, like you said, they were diehard fans. And sometimes the camera would always go to them because, like I said, dude, they're vocal, they're into it, you know, and they try to get every and they get everybody else into it. What did you think of the angle that was done at a, it was an in your house mind games? I don't remember the number, Polly. Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman were sitting front row WWE show and right in the first match, Sandman spits the beer. And I like how Vince sold it. Uh, obviously there's a company here that runs in a bingo hall trying to get on the, what what did you think of that? I mean, cause people by then had to figure it out. This guy's got to be working with Vince at this point. That's what I said. Once they did that, that's when I realized he's been working with Vince. Was he trying to work all the boys and be like, "We're this is all for real. We're going to do this. Oh, yeah. We're going to beat them. We're competing against them. We're going to go against the Monday Night Wars. We're going to be the number one team. We're going to be the number one show. In the meantime, he's getting a damn check. He's getting a check from Vince McMahon. So he was getting a check from Vince when some guys he owed a ton of money to, you know, f- from back pay-per-views that nobody ever got paid for. So... And at that time, me and my partner were we were on the outs pretty much. We were getting ready to roll, you know. So he didn't bring us on television to, to go there, you know. So did you think it was a fun angle or did you just think it was stupid? Well, I knew it was an angle, but then I said to myself, this angle won't make sense to me unless he plans on going over there to work. You know, that's when I started thinking, wait a minute, are we are we giving up now? You know what I mean? I don't. Taz already went, but he's back and went to the WWF building and uh, tried to get a job and, and said, look, I'm Taz. I'm the champ. Fuck the world belt. You know, I, he was getting the biggest push. Paul was pushing him more and harder than anybody. And uh, he went over there to see how much more money he could get, which I was in shock. So once I seen that happening, I said to myself, he must know something that I don't know. And they are the New York clique. So, you know, Paul might have told a couple of the guys, and maybe that's why. Why do you think, you know, because, and, and this is a question I've always wondered, Sabu reinvented a lot of aspects of the business the tables were sabu the a lot of those high-flying jumps into the crowd were sabu sabu i thought was revolutionary why did he never get the credit why did paul never 
you know, when he went to when Paul was working in WWE, why didn't he go, let's get this Sabu, let's push Sabu and all that? Yeah, Sabu kind of got over on his own. He got canned, you know, after the marijuana thing with RVD. But why didn't Paul try to do more for this guy who helped build that company for him? Well, he was. I mean, if you remember, the first pay-per-view was built around Sabu and Taz. Even though, and I say this with a grain of salt, even though my angle with Shane Douglas was way over than their angle was. To the, I mean, it destroyed their angle. I mean, at the point, at that point, I really thought me and Shane should have been main event that night in that pay-per-view due to the broken neck and everything. I thought the angle was great. Uh, he decided to put me in the crowd instead with a collar on my neck, telling them I'm not ready yet. He wanted to save it. And then he put Anthony against Shane mid-cord. I, I just thought that was a bad decision. That's why. Why do you think that when he went to WWE, he didn't take more care of Sabu? Or for that matter, the Sandman or any, I mean, well, I guess Sandman had a, a little run for a while, but, or was he just all about himself? What it comes down to is the guys that work for Vince at that time, I think we're looking at Sabu saying, you know, this, he's a word I'm looking for. The way he wrestles, maybe I might get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like we were extreme, and I don't think Vince and any—I don't think any over the, anybody over there was doing anything like we were doing at that time. So I think that's what caused it. Because Paul could get people over. I mean, you know, they send over all he was. Vince was sending over guys that, that he couldn't get over, hoping Paul could. It worked without Snow. Look at fucking uh, the King or uh. Jerry Lawler came over. Cornette. He, ended up, he ended up caning Tommy Dreamer in the ball so hard he had to go to the hospital for about a week. He was in the hospital. You know, I hated that. I hated that whole angle because Raven should have beat him. And I'm not saying because I, I was a bigger fan of Raven. It was Raven's last match. Everybody's like, well, Tommy's finally going to win after four years. That was so stupid. Have him lose again. And like, and then if Raven never came back, it's like, I never got my revenge on this guy. And then the lights go on and off like, you know, Tony Khan copies every week now. And and I didn't get Lawler coming in because why didn't everybody just run there and beat the shit out of him? That's a, hey, I'm sitting in the back watching it and I didn't even understand. So it was a Tommy thing, I guess. Tommy was over. I'll give him that. He got over because he never won. He would get his ass kicked every single day, every single day, and he didn't care. And I guess when he did go over, place went crazy, you know. But he was a big seller. He liked to sell. Baby, big baby face, big baby face. And he ended up with Beulah, so he's doing better than me. So that's okay. Gotcha. I mean, fat girl from summer camp wasn't fat anymore after that. Yeah, it was a good – I mean, Raven came up with all that stuff. It was great. You hear about the Velveteen Dream this morning? Uh, I heard, I saw a text that you sent me, but I haven't heard anything. Velveteen Dream, I'll read it. You remember the Velveteen Dream? Yeah, he was in NXT for a while, right? Yeah, here I can just go. I think I pulled it up. So the Velveteen Dream, as I scroll down, because he got fired for like, I think allegedly, I can't say if it was true or not. I don't know. 
sent some uh, racy photos, so to speak, but they were to underage girls. So, you know, Vince got rid of that nonsense quick. But uh, uh, Velveteen Dream, um, real name Patrick Clark, was arrested on August 20th and booked for misdemeanor charges of battery and trespass on property after a warning. Uh, Six days later, on the 26th, he was again arrested in Orange County, Florida, according to jail records. He was booked on an out-of-county warrant for a violation of probation, uh, told that it stems from a previous drug charge against the wrestler in Seminole Seminole County, Florida. Officials say Clark is currently being held on a no-bond status and is still in the Orange County jail and will be turned over soon. Uh, only 27 that said uh, left the organization in 2021 but had just begun angling for a comeback earlier this month i think that comeback is over before it starts well triple h and stephanie run it now and they they're a lot of guys that vince got rid of they're bringing back like at least 20 different people so he may have had a chance that they were they may have liked him. Who knows? Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels. I mean, especially Shawn. I mean, they're in charge of the NXT. So if he was over like a rover, he had to strap for a little bit over there too, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. He was very talented. I can't take anything away from his athletic skills. So, yeah. I mean, I thought he was going to be a big superstar. But look what happened. Another one bites the dust because they're – doing stupid stuff you know what i'm saying and they don't realize they're in the limelight and i mean you're going to go get arrested and do all this stuff this is going to make you pay for it so i don't think and like i said if he's going to be sending indecent photographs to young minors and stuff like that nah, 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 nah. i know triple h and them ain't gonna put up with that because they, they have enough problems right now with the vince problem you know what i'm saying let me ask you one thing. I guess circle back to AEW. There's so many people there now. I mean, there's not enough TV for all these people. Who, who would you say over there is a, who would you say is being underutilized heavy? And who would you say is being overused heavily? Well, I like how they're using Warlow because I think they're pushing him and building him up as a singles. So he can hold that strap. You know what I mean? Uh, Punk is too, is too much with Punk with the promos. And I understand that he's in the main event. I get it. But you don't have to be in the ring cutting promos all the time. You, you cut him in the back. That's all. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, I, I, don't, I have a problem, and they're still trying to figure it out. I, like, I don't like when they go to a commercial. And they have a commercial screen on one side and they have you, the small box of them still working in the ring. That's taken away so much, man. I'd rather them go to commercial, don't show us anything, and then just come back to the match. I mean, when I worked for Vince, I remember they were taping for TV. The referee had a gimmick in his ear. He would tell us, okay, we're going to commercial, take it down, you know, so we know, grab a hold, grab a submission hold. You know, let's not do anything right now. And then the ref will be like, all right, we're back on. We're hot. We're hot. Then we know. Get back up and start working hard. Man. I don't know if they do that over there. I mean, I'm sure they do. Because I can tell they slow shit down when the commercial's on. 
you know, and they, and they or they do a spot that's big, and then when it comes back, you miss that spot because you really didn't get a chance to see it. You know, like I, I remember it came back on TV, and the pads were ripped up on one side of the ring, and they said they drilled them on the on the concrete. I never even saw it happen. Did you hear about Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara? No. What? What's up with them? Apparently, Kingston had been serving a two-week suspension because, and not storyline, like real. I guess Sammy Guevara, and it was edited for TV, cut a promo, and he said Eddie was a fat piece. I think he said he was a fat piece of shit. He made he, he essentially he called Eddie fat. Apparently, Eddie didn't like that and pie faced him up against a wall. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's unprofessional. So, and Sammy, though, seems like a pain in the ass. But, you know, Eddie got a two-week suspension. And Eddie even said, you know, uh, you know they announced that after the fact. But, uh, I mean, what do you think of something like that? I mean, Sammy, I'm, he's the heel. And Eddie is fat. I mean, he's got to insult him. I mean, why would Eddie get that mad? Because I think Eddie was saying, like, well, I told him not to insult my weight. It's like. I, why it's fair game yeah that doesn't make i know it that doesn't i mean i'm very surprised i think it stemmed to something else for him to pie face him he must have got wise with eddie said something disrespectful to his face i i can't see eddie kingston doing that to him because he called him fat. that that's unprofessional for eddie and i can't i couldn't see him doing that when i look at sammy I do see a young, cocky kid. Okay, how old could he be? Oh, 20s, I think, is all. He's young. Yeah. He's, he's very young. Chris has given him a huge push. Chris got him over there. He's a hell of a worker. I'm not saying he's not. He's an unbelievable worker. Hot wife. But I think it's getting to his head a little bit. I think he should slow down. Maybe they're giving... See, you got to remember, and this happens to everybody, not just him... If you get it too quick, your head gets too big, too fast. And some people just can't handle that. You know, I mean, I see him work in the ring sometimes. I see him potatoing people where, like, if he hit me with that, you're getting a receipt, bro. And you're going to feel it. I'm telling you right now. So sometimes uh, I even think he's a little crazy on the stuff he does. You know, he could be a loose cannon in that ring and hurt somebody. Oh, he could hurt himself or somebody else. He could cripple somebody with some of the moves. Even himself, he could hurt himself bad. But being young, like his age right now, he he has no fear for anything. So he's going to do what he does. I think uh, if it was an altercation, I think Eddie would have beat his ass. Absolutely, but you know, I I know Eddie, but I don't. I don't. I think Eddie should have pulled him aside and talked to him privately. Uh, by doing that in front of everybody isn't good in the locker room. You don't want to do anytime you have a problem with a guy or one of the boys. I've always, I don't, it's nobody else's business, but mine and his, you know what I'm saying? So I, I would always pull them aside and say, all right, we got to talk about something, you know, and they know before I even start talking what we're going to talk about. They're not stupid, but I'm not going to bring it up in front of everybody and make everybody know our business. You know what I'm saying? So. That's the mistake he made, I think, is uh, doing it in front of everybody. And God forbid, I mean, Tony Khan probably freaked out, you know. But Sammy's their, Sammy's their guy. I mean, he's one of the best workers they have. There. He could work his ass off. Yeah, I, I can say that. I, I love Ty Conte with them. I, I liked how basically it was like everyone loved Ty, everyone loved Sammy. 
put him together, everybody hated him because you know he's that good looking kid. He's got the hot woman, and and his credit, he knew how to play it up like right on TV when the crowd turned on him. He knew how to play it up right away. He's a good heel, bro. I, I mean, for being a kid who's good looking, he's got skills. I mean, in Mexico, he's probably a baby face. You know what I mean? Here, they turned him a heel, and he he's got to get the shit he does pisses people off so bad. It's work. It works. Uh, let me ask you before we go. I, I, I've been asking some of those. I like to save at least one of those dirty wrestling rumors that we always hear about. Uh, this one's a little more tame than some of the ones we we we, we had uh, last week. So when Baby Doll, who I always thought was kind of hot when she worked in that would have been Crockett, you know Jim Crockett Promotions. Um, and I remember Baby Doll lost all that weight and she wasn't like dwarfing Tully anymore, you know, because. I like how Tully would go, Baby Doll's my perfect 10. And she's like a foot taller than him, 80 pounds heavier. But well, then she was with Dusty. And then remember, she left, she came back and she was looking pretty good. And she married Sam Houston. Shortly after there, she was gone. Now, the rumor has it that Dusty was mad she married a jobber when he wanted to fool around with her. So he got her ass fired. You think there's any truth to that? Back then, who knows? I mean, but Dusty was cool as shit. So he, I mean, Sam, well, isn't Sam Houston is Jake Roberts' brother? Yeah, yeah. And and at the time, he was essentially a jobber, and she was a she was with Dusty and Flair and and uh, Magnum. She was a top top name. She married a jobber. Oh, well, actually, a friend of mine ran into Sam Houston this past weekend or a couple weekends ahead of, uh, ago was mentioned it to me and he still, still says he looks good and he still works. But, uh, yeah, I could see back in the day that pissing off a lot of the boys because everybody liked baby doc. You know what I mean? So maybe, but dusty was just like, you know, you're hurting the business. You know what I mean? Who knows? Like I said, back then things were so different than they are now. It was, it's apples and oranges. So, you know, back then you could probably get in a fight with one of the boys, beat the shit out of him in the back, and nobody gives a shit as long as you're there to work. They're not going to fire you for that. But nowadays, if you start a fight in the locker room, you're going to get fired immediately. And if you'll notice, everybody's marrying everybody in the locker room. So nobody's saying nothing about it. So do you think he did because she was a top drawer because he wanted to fool around with her or both? I would have fooled around with her. Ain't no shame in it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was both. Unless I maybe, maybe Dusty wanted her to be with him and valet him. And when he found out, he's just like, that ain't going to work. Man. You know what I mean? So you got to remember things were so different back then compared to now, you know? So I really couldn't give you a, a really straight, clear answer with that. Well, I have to except, come up with the. Except for jealousy, possibly. I'll have to come up with a better, better rumor, you know, when I was scanning them, you know, we've already had Rick Rude and the Randy Savage one. So I have to do better homework for the next uh, rumor I ask about. Can I ask you an ECW rumor? You want to end like that? Let's end like that. Let me hear it. Word on the street, Francine, I believe. Um, it said that uh, some wrestlers were really like shooting up New Bane. Don't fault them for there. One guy shot up New Bane. He didn't have enough left, so he withdrew some of it with his own blood from a syringe. Wrestler number two shot that up, 
and clinically died for a few minutes, but got brought back to life. Could you see that happening? And do you think that's true? I can see that happening. And I think I did hear about it. I didn't see it. I have an idea what guys were doing it. I'm not going to say that, but I did hear something like that. And I was very, I was shocked. I was shocked. So I could, being in the arena, being, even though I was in the ECW locker room, I still got shocked about something, believe it or not. Well, that's a whole never another level of drug addict to take drugs and your blood out of your system to shoot them into somebody else. All right, listen, I have seen, I've walked in rooms and I've seen some stuff I can't even begin to tell you how shocked I was. I actually would start yelling at him and say, what are you doing? you got to fucking work tonight, you idiot. <laughs> you know, what are you doing that now? Are you crazy? Wait till after or whatever, you know? I guess with that, I mean, I know what I'll ask you next week, but I'll wait till next week. But with that, I don't have anything left to ask you. Do you have anything to plug or say? No, just uh, anybody listening is going to be in Tom's River, New Jersey. Uh, FYW is going to be there. It's the September 2nd, Friday. Me and Just Incredible will be tagging together, and I will also be holding a seminar there. So if you're in the area, and you want to do a seminar, feel free. It's $40, uh, especially the young guys out there. It's good to learn from everybody. I've done it a billion times. So if you want to get better, I suggest you do some seminar, guys. I guess with that, we will uh, see you next week. We'll obviously talk about the uh, pay-per-view, AEW pay-per-view. And uh, I guess uh, I'll tell everybody, have a good time. Everybody have a good, be safe out there and everybody be safe. That's the main thing. Peace.